You're listening to the Coach T Podcast hosted by my dad. Welcome to another edition of the Coach T Podcast. My name is Isaiah Thomas. This is uh, States Week, starting with our team state finals at the high school level and our NIMWA state finals at the youth level. This episode is going to cover some of the things I've seen in youth wrestling and kind of my thoughts going forward when it comes to coaching and, and passion. And we'll talk a little bit about officiating and things like that. But for the most part, as always, as you know, with the Coach T Podcast, it's all about keeping it positive. It's all about trying to educate those uh, and give them the tools to be successful. That being said, let's go. So my youngest qualified for states, which is pretty exciting. She's only six years old, but a really cool thing. First year wrestler that has grown in the last eight weeks or so and really over the last two years where she's started wrestling and when I am coaching her I am reminded of my first wrestling coach Randy Heiser Randy was the varsity coach for my brother his last three years in high school and coached me my freshman year but he started off as my my first youth coach and and Randy had a way of being the calm in the storm, having the way to push buttons with you. And and the guy cared so much about his athletes and was a great mentor to me. And when I'm sitting like he sat, on my knees, arms crossed, watching a match, and I think back to when he did that with me. And I still remember watching on my videos him sh- showing me how to do a half, you know, got to be on the same side. And to give some context to that, back when I wrestled, I'm talking about the old heads. We're talking about like 33 to 45 when you're wrestling freestyle. As little kids, they had a rule. The coaches couldn't coach during the actual match. They could coach during the 30-second break, but they had to be quiet the whole time. So as a wrestler, you're really figuring out things in real time on your own until you get the coaching at the end. Now, there's always that argument, well, the kids need more coaching at that age, But honestly, it was one of the best things because you could step back with your your wrestler during that break and say, you need to do this, do you need to do that? And almost like a halftime of sorts. But I can remember Randy doing that and how much of an impact he made on me from competing to coaching. And I still think about a lot of the lessons that, that Randy gave to me that I still use even today with my athletes. A lot of my coaching is a product of the great coaches that I had, and I could list as many of them as I could, and I'm probably not going to list all of them, but when I think about off the top of my head, and if I don't mention you and you were one of my coaches, hey, much love to you. You know all of you guys made an impact, but Randy, my brother Mario, and (laughs) Coach Jinx, uh, Coach Bauman at MCC, Coach Felice, Coach Shaft, Coach Muir, Coach Becker, the list kind of goes on and on. Coach Rashad, those guys really took the time to coach me and to mentor me and to make me into the coach and person I am today, and I and I really appreciate the things they've done. And I think it goes back to coaching being a passion, right? Like we coach because we truly enjoy the sport, but we also truly enjoy watching our athletes achieve their goals. And we feel the pain when they don't achieve those goals. And I want people to understand, as coaches, we are putting in this amount of time because we truly love 
what we do. We love seeing these, these athletes excel. One of the things that I've seen at the youth level, which is quite disturbing to me, now I'm just talking about coach or parent interaction with athlete child. I saw a parent, this is at the regionals, say, you cost yourself an opportunity for states, you suck. And I'm thinking to myself, how do you say that to your seven or eight-year-old kid? Like, when have, when have we as parents now understood that we got to check our egos a little bit? Little Johnny or little Jill, whatever name you want to associate, they're the ones out there battling, competing at a high level, trying to win a match. And if they don't win, you know what? It's okay. Love them anyway. Support them anyway. Give them a hug and say, I'm so proud of you. Nothing kills a kid's determination more than when a parent says that, especially after a tough loss. You can't say those things. Be there for your kid. Support your kid. And remember, it's about your kid. I've been trying to divorce myself from this word, we did this and we did that, especially with my own child. She did that. It's her accomplishments, good, bad, or otherwise. And I have to support her. Just like I support my oldest in her events, in her sport like gymnastics. I have to be there for them because that's my job as a parent. My job as a coach is the same thing. Coaches, your kids know whether or not they didn't compete at a high level or they made a crucial mistake in the match. Now, depending on your relationship with your athlete, obviously you can say things a little bit more frank, so to speak. But save that for your high school athletes. Not the negative, like, they suck or anything. Like, hey, man, you just didn't have it tonight, something like that. Or, hey, the, it happens. We got to come back. You got to come back a little bit stronger. This is what we're going to work on in the meantime. Things like that. I, I just, as a, as a former varsity coach, never once did I belittle my athletes after a loss. If anything, I try to refocus them for the next match. And I still remember this uh, a kid I coached at Western. His name was Cody Oaks. He had lost in the Constellation quarterfinal to a kid I actually coached in youth, Brad Wilton, which is quite interesting because I just saw Brad uh, this weekend, and that's another story for another time. Hope to get him on the podcast also. He was a three-time All-Stater for Mason and was a four-year letter runner at Michigan State for wrestling. But Cody lost the match, and he was obviously very upset. And I remember taking him like, hey, you got to put that one behind you. You got one more match. Take seventh and finish your career with – your last victory, seventh place, like, I think it's going to be really good. And he came out in that match and wrestled the best I've ever seen him wrestle. Took the kid down multiple times, threw him, and then finished with a pin up 15-4 to four in the match. Reset his goals for what he could accomplish at that time. That's what I did to help him. And really to help himself because you can't dwell – on the losses, there's always a next thing. Now, when your season's over, and depending on if it's the end of your career, things like that, that's different. But always understand, there's always a tomorrow. And what that tomorrow looks like is based on how you refocus your athletes towards that. I've had kids lose in the semifinals of states, and it's crushing. But to see those kids come back and take third, that's that's a tough feat. And you give them props. like, hey, man, you came back and took third in a really tough weight class. I'm so proud of you. Great job, buddy. So parents, be there for your kids. Coaches, be there for your kids because they're going to lose a match. And you know what? That's okay. It's okay to lose. What did you learn? Because one of the things I've been learning uh, coaching with the staff I coach with now with the youth guys is that 
Either you're winning or you're learning. And realistically, you're learning and learning because you can learn from wins and you can learn from losses. The things that you do well to win the match are the things that you need to fix to overcome uh, a loss for the next time. Or if you're wrestling a kid for the fourth or fifth time, you have to continue to get better and continue to work through that from coaches to athletes. So my big thing is stay off your athletes, make them feel good, support them, and refocus them towards the next big goal. Officiating, now that's been under attack, so to speak, but as a former official myself, you know, I officiated for eight, nine years with Freestyle Greco and Folk Style. And one of the biggest things I think is the casebook that has all these different situations or scenarios needs to be updated as these situations and scenarios play themselves out. And I believe wholeheartedly that, in my opinion, officials are doing the best they can to make sure that the athletes are safe. Before application of rules, it's all about keeping the athletes safe. And I think as coaches and parents and fans, we've kind of lost track of that. Can the officials keep your athletes safe? That's number one. Number two, can they apply the rules correctly as stated in the rule book? And in some areas, it's pretty gray. And that's kind of the difficult part about it because the consistency across officiating can be very difficult. And it can almost be regional-based. Some regions call stalling pretty readily. Some regions don't call stalling till late in the match. It's just the consistency there. And one of the things I think about is with stalling, because that's always been a big issue. Do you know that if you take three steps without making contact with the wrestler, that's stalling? How many officials actually call that consistently? Did you know if you put your hand on the line from neutral before the whistle's blown, that's a caution? How many officials call that? So just the little things, the little consistency things. And, and I believe that the officials are doing the best they can. And as we grow as a wrestling community through social media and everything else, and looking at things and saying, how can we judge this? How can we call this better? That's really where we should be moving towards. How can this be called better? And continue to recruit young officials because I love all the older officials. Many of them are good friends of mine because we officiated together and things like that. But they are getting older. We need some more younger guys in there to get opportunities to, to ref at these regionals and state opportunities. And they can be the guys that are the legacy guys that are refing for 20 and 30 years. I guarantee you, and this is just me speaking on my own personal opinion, no officials out there to try to screw over a team, a coach, or an athlete. As a former official, I know that I never did that or never tried to do that. And when I messed up, I was the first person to co tell coach, and many of your good officials will do this. When they mess up a call, they'll say, hey, I really messed that one up. Now, granted, sometimes when they say that, they can't change the call, but at least they're men, hey, we make mistakes. But coaches, we've made mistakes too. Top versus bottom or neutral, you know, telling a kid to do one thing when realistically that's not the position for them to do that. So don't act like as coaches that we are perfect when it comes to calling a match, so to speak. And I think it comes back to mentorship, too, with officials. Like I said, I was at the, the, the regional for Nimwa at Traverse City West, and there was a, in one of the matches, my athlete was on bottom, the kid on top, locked his hands three times. So, as you know, 1-1-2 and the match is over. 
So he stops the match and indicates that the kid had an illegal hold, which I'm like, okay, match is over. And he said, no, no, coach, I meant potentially dangerous. So I told him, I said, listen, if you put two hands behind your head, that's an illegal hold. We win the match. If you mean potentially dangerous, it's just one hand on your head. And he said, thank you, coach. You know, it was my first time rough. I'm like, hey, that's all right. I, I want you to get it right for the next time because I don't want you to be in the situation where another coach is going to get after you. Another thing was we do skin and nail check before at the weigh-in and stuff. And they were doing nail check before the matches. And one of my kids had to cut his nails. And I'm like, how can a kid pass skin and nail inspection, especially nail inspection, the day before? And now we're checking them again. It makes no sense. Their nails grow overnight. Kind of like a joke. And the official's like, that's my, that's what I want to do, coach. I'm like, I'm not arguing. I'm just stating something. So, uh, but as coaches, let's continue to mentor those young guys. We have a lot of young officials they're pretty much cutting their teeth at the youth level, and they need our support and, and basic official mechanics, like where to be to call falls and things like that, where our position has to be when going out of bounds or towards the scores table. Those are all things that you learn and your coach should do from your veteran officials to your younger officials. And even as coaches, we've seen enough wrestling. We can help an official out. Coaches, focus on coaching your athlete, not the official. Now, I will say I'm guilty of this from time to time. If I see that my athlete's taking a lot of risk in a match and I'm asking questions to the official, like what is red or green doing, and that can get you in trouble too. You know, you should really focus on what your athlete can do because that's taking taking away time in, in a nutshell, taking away time from them. And I, I got into a little bit of trouble with that, which is okay. Like I said before, we get we all get animated, a little passionate about it. So make sure we're trying to help those officials, especially those young officials, because they're going to be the ones calling you know, at the at the state finals and things like that. And finally, this episode is dedicated to my brother, Mario Long. Today would have been his 43rd birthday. And a quick story about, about Mario. When I was in sixth grade, so this connects back to Randy Heiser and everything else, and I remember Randy saying that basketball players couldn't wrestle. And I proved him wrong, went 19-0, and and then was late for wins and couldn't wrestle at the state meet as a sixth grader. And my brother pushed me to be great. And he was my hero. He was my inspiration, still is. And I can remember going into high school. I mean, Mario used to kick my butt. And as a younger sibling, we all know the older sibling usually is, is beating you, beating you pretty good. And, and he would not, he wouldn't try to hurt me per se, but he would show that he was the better wrestler. So my sophomore year, I'd say probably four or five months before he passed away. He came up to practice one day, and finally I got him. And, I mean, I'm taking him down. I'm turning him. I'm like, I feel great. I'm like, I, I finally did it. And the last match that he got to watch me wrestle was against one of his conference foes, a guy named Jeremy Seaton from East Lansing. And he um, – Jeremy had beaten me three straight times before, and I remember one match, Jeremy hit me in about seven or eight fireman's carries, literally seven or eight fireman's carries, to the point when I went to Larry Powell, who is my, uh, another mentor, coach of mine, that, that made me to who I am today, and said, how can I stop a fireman's carry? And he said, why don't you just not put your arm in there? <laughs> so we go to, we're wrestling in the blood round of the CAC conference tournament and there's like 
five seconds left and I'm up by one point. And you could hear Mario like, come on, man, circle, circle. And, and I just, and I won. Like, I won the match. And you could hear how excited he was that his, that his baby brother was going to place at, at conference. And I think that we find those people that have made an impact in us. And they still do today. And, and my brother does that also. And there are other people that have... Um, that passed away that were big inspirations for me for wrestling, um, whether it be Coach Lopez, who coached at Holt and Grand Ledge, who was one of those guys that come up to you, hey, how you doing, young man? Good to see you. Rocky Shaft, who words can't express the generosity that he showed me over the 20-plus years that we knew each other and his family. So... With that, find your inspiration and teach that to your kids. Find your purpose in the sport. Find your passion. And for those of you that are competing at the youth wrestling states or the team states this weekend, let it fly. Surrender the outcome. And honestly, have fun. Because fun is in the memories. To quote a great coach, we all know who that guy is. <laughs> so at last, I leave you. Have a great weekend. Go watch some wrestling. Continue to inspire those that you coach, mentor, to be great. Thank you for listening to the Coach T Podcast by my dad.